The Cincinnati Bengals rookies and veterans have hardly practiced together at this point. Training camp months away, but we know who's on the team right now. We know what the roster looked like. Let's make a way too early 53-man roster projection. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network on Lockdown Bengals, covering your team every day. You can subscribe to this podcast on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. And join the First Listen Club, making us your first listen every day. Become an everydayer. Like I said on yesterday's show, we've got some good film review episodes for some of the Bengals draft picks coming later this week with Mike Santagata. Today we're going to dive into the most interesting bubble conversations on this Bengals roster, the most interesting where do they keep the extra guy conversations as we try to make a 53-man roster projection way too early before training camp. Like This is almost certainly going to be wrong. There's going to be guys that come out of nowhere when, <laughs> when we get to training camp and we start to learn a little bit more about the shape of this roster. But we're going to start with the most important position on the roster, James, and that's punter. No, it's quarterback, where Joe Burrow will be the starter. And I think there may be a little bit of a competition here, but I'm leaning toward the veteran that they went out and signed. I think that they were comfortable with Jake Browning. There's no reason to get somebody as experienced as Trevor Simeon. So I think Trevor Simeon is a backup here. This one isn't mm -hmm. terribly interesting. I think they keep two quarterbacks this year either way. I don't think they have the roster space to keep three on the 53 man. So that's where I'm at at the quarterback position. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Trevor Simeon's the guy and uh, we'll see. Jake Browning has a shot, but I, I think it's an uphill climb now that they brought Simeon in. Yeah. Uh, tight end. Another one that as of today, I think is straightforward just because they, they don't, in my opinion, have a guy that threatens enough to keep the fourth spot, a guy they'd be worried about losing if they had to waive him to get him to the practice squad. Those guys being Tanner Hudson, Nick Bowers, and Christian Trahan, or Trahan, uh, this year's college free agent who uh, has some work to do to make the roster. But I think Irv Smith, Devin Asiasi, Drew Sample right now is, is the three guys, and we'll see if they add somebody else. But for now, that makes it really easy. And until that other guy's around, it's, it's hard to say otherwise. And so for now, I'd say it's those three at tight end. And, and they're a little bit lighter at tight end, I think, but three guys. I think the nicest thing you've ever said about any human is that Christian Trahan is, uh, has a little work to do to make the roster. A little like bit that's of work the nice, <laughs> just a little, just a little work. <laughs> I, and I'm not trying to take a shot at him. Good luck to him. I hopefully he impresses. I hope all of these guys you know, shock these undrafted guys, you know, shock the coaching staff and make a push for the roster. But I agree with you. It's, it's a really similar room to last year. It, you're just kind of missing Mitch Wilcox, which I think mm -hmm. is one of those guys that might sneak his way back onto the roster at some point. But yeah, Aussie Aussie and sample behind Smith make a ton of sense. And if, if the season started today, I think they would only keep three tight ends. And, and they kept four last year, which is why I mm -hmm. mentioned it's a little bit like, I mean, in the initial cut down and I think it was four for most of the year. Also, last year, the initial cutdown, they only had one quarterback because they cut Brandon Allen initially, then they brought him back. And, and they also cut Travion Williams before they brought him back. So there's going to be some weird stuff in the initial cutdown. But uh, then it gets a little bit interesting, James. 
with the rest of the offensive positions because I think there's some direct cross position competition in wide receiver and running back for a roster spot that I think is going to be interesting and we can talk about that but the offensive line is also fairly fascinating to me this year last year they kept 11 guys in the initial cut down and they then immediately sent Isaiah Prince to the IR so it ended up being 10 um could see 10 again this year and I have them keeping 10 guys on the offensive line that's pretty heavy for the position but that's what this team has done more often than not they tend to be a little bit heavy on the offensive line mm-hmm. uh, I look at it obviously you have your t- your starting five which includes Jonah Williams for those wondering so those are the, the five I don't need to go through them um plus Carmen six sharping seven hill eight and then that's where it gets interesting. Is it a Denigy? Is it a guy like Jackson Kirkland, who I think could make a, a push, an undrafted guy? You know, I, I think that's one of the undrafted spots that could make sense. Does Deontay Smith show his worth and prove his worth? The other one is, is Cody Ford. I think he probably makes the team. And, and then you have the question mark. So there's 10 potentially, but then you have the question mark involving Lyle Collins and, and where he's at. So I, I think 10 is fair, but it, you get to 10 very quickly. And then there's like, oh, well, there's no more empty chairs, but there's a couple guys standing that felt like they were going to make the team. So someone's going to be on the outside looking in, and that's why it's going to be hard for the Kirklands of the world, the Ben Browns mm-hmm. of the world, to make a true push here because there's just not many obvious spots that uh, that could be had. But never say never. And obviously the, the Lyle Collins injury is certainly a factor. Yeah, I have him on the physically unable to perform list. I think he's on the pup list to start the season if he's still on the Bengals payroll. But you're right. There's there's five guys on, that are starting. I think Sharping and Carmen are on the team, and I get to seven before I start to have some competitions because I think Hill, Ben, Brown, if, if Brown is healthy, could be a competition. I think tilting Hill at this point in the season makes sense. I landed on Hill, but I do think that's a competition. And then if they keep 10, and I think they keep 10, there's kind of four guys for those last two spots. Cause that's eight guys with the starting five Hill, Sharp and Carmen. So that's eight. Then you get two more spots. And I think it's a Deneji, Deontay Smith, Cody Ford, you know, and then, and throw in your last guy, Jackson Kirkland or, mm-hmm. or whoever else out of all of the depth pieces the Bengals have currently competing, you know, that were on the practice squad last year, Devin Cochran, uh, Desmond Noel, et cetera. Um, do any of those guys make a push? Nate Gilliam. I default to Cody Ford and Hakeem Adenogy here. It gives them some guys that have played at multiple spots in Jackson Carmen and Cody Ford, even Hakeem Adenogy. But I do think that's a competition for the last two spots. And also, this is where they could end up surprising and going, you know, maybe mm-hmm. they only keep nine offensive linemen instead of 10, mm-hmm. which wouldn't be shocking. I don't think that should be shocking. They only keep eight, eight, eight guys active on the offensive line on game days anyway, seven or eight guys active. So that could give them the flexibility to avoid one of these competitions at another spot. And I think there is a direct competition, like I mentioned, between halfback and wide receiver. You ready to dive into that conversation, James, or anything else on the offensive line? Yeah, just offensive line-wise, I do. I think there's there's a couple battles to pay attention to, but I think the starters are set. I think the top seven essentially yeah. set. And, and that's, that's a good spot to be in because that hasn't been the case. 
right. from a, here's your starting five. We haven't had that in recent years. We're going into camp, talking about it. We've had to cover this position battle or that position battle. So certainly, but yeah, without further ado, let's get the sk- to the skill guys, baby. You know where my heart lies. We'll do that uh, because I do think there is a direct competition at the back of the wide receiver and halfback room, running back room. So we'll do that. We'll get into that conversation before we dive into the defense coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA playoffs continue to roll on in the conference finals and you well, you need to get in the game and get in the action with America's number one sports book. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 and bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win from single-game wagers. Maybe you want to do a same-game parlay. Maybe you want to parlay two different games. You can do all of those things, and it's not just NBA. From Major League Baseball, maybe you want to look into the future and see some future NFL bets, FanDuel has you covered. There's no better place to bet on all of the playoff action than America's number one sports book. So check them out right now at FanDuel.com slash locked on to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The skill positions, James, are probably your favorite part of the roster, at least not named Joe Burrow. I know you're a wide receiver at heart. And I think there's a, a difficult choice for the Bengals to make between four running backs, seven wide receivers, because I don't really see any other positions on the defensive side of the ball or on the, except offensive line on the offensive side of the ball. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. They can trim a player to try to go four and seven. But they're so deep a wide receiver going into camp. I think that's where it's really challenging. 
there's so many guys. I mean, you know, they have 12 guys currently on the roster at wide receiver, and a lot of them you could say, oh, well, that guy's making the team. Let, let, let's just start. Obviously, you have the big three, Chase Higgins, Boyd. Trent Irwin was a huge contributor last year. Obviously, you have Stanley Morgan, who's been on the team for a few years now and is a big special teams contributor, really good blocker, has certain packages dedicated to him. Well, that's five right there. And I didn't mention Charlie Jones, who – we all think is going to make the team and potentially start at punt returner. They also drafted Andre Yosevash, who they clearly like a lot, elite athlete. Do you want to expose him to waivers to the rest of the league if you moved on from him? And that doesn't include Trent Taylor, who's obviously on the team last year. Kwame, Kwame Lasseter the second. And then you have some undrafted guys, Mac Hippenhammer, Malachi Carter, Shedrick Jackson. So it's, I think there are about nine guys competing for maybe seven spots, but you're right. It could be six. And that is tough. That gets really, really tough. Um, for me, the locks would be the big three and Charlie Jones, the absolute locks. And I think Trent Irwin's close to a lock as well, but I, I think that uh, those four to five would be absolute locks for me. Based on last year, you have the hierarchy, I think, correct? Trent Irwin outside of the big three played the most snaps for them. And that includes a bunch of games when Mike Thomas was on the team getting snaps. And then Trent Irwin really started playing more uh, post Mike Thomas. Trent Taylor also played a solid amount and like almost doubled, almost double Stanley Morgan snaps. And I have Morgan in my too early 53 and I only have six wide receivers here. So maybe I should have cut one of the offensive linemen off of my 53, maybe, you know, Adenergy doesn't make it. And they only keep nine guys on the offensive line, and this is how they get Yossi Vosh onto the team. Maybe Trent Taylor surprises and sticks around too, right? But you got the three starters for sure. I think Trent Irwin makes a team. I think Charlie Jones makes a team. And then is it three guys fighting for one spot? Because if that's the case, you have to feel really good, I think, about replacing – what Stanley Morgan does on all those special teams units because he plays on so many of them Yeah, to, to feel good about replacing him, to feel good about not putting him on the 53. It could be a guy that they feel comfortable about doing what they did last year where they cut him and bring him back. Maybe they feel like if they expose Morgan to waivers, he's not going to get scooped up. That could be the case. Mm, that's um, scary. That's scary to me because I think he would. I, he's valuable. He can do some yeah, things but, for you. I feel like we often overestimate the chance of some of these guys, especially like who've been in the league for a long time. I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, he, some team could look at him and say, we have a roster spot for a special teams guy who's going to come in here and play all of our special teams units really well. And that's the end of the story. But I think it's tough. My six right now include Morgan, but that doesn't include Yosivash, who would be something of a surprise to not make the team. So is, is Yossi Vash in direct competition with a guy like Chris Evans is my question. Yeah, I th I that think, could be I, it. I think so. I think you're right. It's how many running backs do they keep? Three or four. And that could impact the number of receivers and vice versa. And Yossi Vash, I think his key is showing that he can contribute on special teams, showing that maybe he's not the, the starting kickoff returner, because Travion Williams, to me, will be that if he's if they keep three running backs specifically, but they need a backup, and so Evans, while potentially inactive on game day, would be the backup 
if, if you needed him uh, to slide in if Trevion Williams got hurt. That would make sense, right? Well, if Yosivash shows that he can do that and be a gunner and do different things, then he's going to be all right, and I, I think he has a chance to make the team. So it, as weird as it sounds, I think running back receiver, I think they could be competing, and it might come down to that special teams unit and what both guys do for Darren Simmons' units. Yeah. Offense obviously will play a role as well. The long-term potential with Yosivash, I think, will play a role as well. Like, do they feel comfortable exposing him to waivers? That question will need to be answered. But that that could be, unless unless they trim on the offensive line, which the more we talk about this, the more I'm kind of talking myself into one less offensive lineman this year. Wow. Um, less beef, more skill. Look at you. Look at you, man. I, I'm I mean, a little bit. I, I just don't know if there's – like when you're talking about on the margins, like what's the marginal benefit of keeping the 10th offensive lineman versus the seventh wide receiver? Those are difficult decisions or, or, or fourth running back, whatever it is running back though, outside of that last spot, I think the first three guys, at least right now today, Mixon, Brown Williams are going to be the three guys. And we'll see yep. if anything changes between now and then, if we get a, if we, if we see any dramatic changes in this room, You've talked a lot about them adding a guy here to, to get into the mix, but if they don't make any changes, those are the three. Yep, totally agree with that. And yeah, ready or not, those are the three. I think the splits between them could be interesting. Plenty of time to discuss that. But yeah, can Chris Evans make a push for that fourth spot? Will it be Andre Yosevash? Could Trent Taylor find a way to, to outperform Charlie Jones on punt returns? Obviously, that would be a letdown for Jones mm-hmm. if that happened, but uh, certainly wouldn't want to rule that out. That said, Jake... Let's switch gears. Let's flip it. And let's look at uh, special teams. Yeah, right. Unless you, you do. I mean, well, we can we can go to special can, teams real we quick. We can get to the defense to finish up because special wow. teams, there's one position to talk about, and it's Brad Robbins is going to be the punter, and the other two are going to be the guys that they were last year, Cal Adamitis and Evan McPherson. What's the bigger competition, Trent Taylor versus Charlie Jones or Brad Robbins versus Drew Crispin? Like, which one is more of a true competition, do you think? I don't know. Gotcha. That's hard. Got That's really I got you. I, I don't Ooh. really think either is a competition. <laughs> he said the rookies got it. <laughs> I think so. That do you what do you think? I think Jones versus Taylor is more of a competition. Okay. I think Robbins is going to outperform Drew Chrisman. Unless Chrisman just takes a huge leap. In, in both our competitions because the Bengals are going to base it on what they see. It's not like Jones's roster spot is only dependent on him being the punt returner. Yeah, Trent Taylor's roster, is. For sure. Trent Taylor's is. That's how he makes the team. And so that that part of it's interesting. So if I had to say, I'd say Jones-Taylor, but it's it's close. But, you know, Robbins has to perform to win the job, but I think expectations are he will. Jones has to perform to win the job, but I think expectations are he will. Maybe it's not fair of me, but I have I have very high expectations for for Brad Robbins. It's fair. It is fair. Are you serious? He's a draft pick. He's a punter. Yeah, absolutely fair. How many kicks did Charlie Jones return? Are we overestimating Charlie Jones' return acumen and experience? He had eighteen punt returns last year, and he's done it before would, that, right? It wasn't yeah, just he, one year thing. Yeah, he had thirty-eight no, that, punt returns in twenty twenty-one. Last year, he was their star, so he only did it when they needed a little juice. Yeah. Like He was kind of used sparingly. The year prior, they couldn't get him the ball, so they were like, hey, go back there and punt returns because we can't get you the ball otherwise at Iowa. Man, he put that the Iowa ball, offense 
Oh. He put the ball on the ground once on 76 punt returns in his college career. Yeah. I feel I like that's a pretty fun. good track record. I think. And Taylor was a little shaky at the end of last season. Taylor Taylor put one on the ground uh, in terms of a muffed punt on 38 punt returns last year. Darius Phillips had two muffed punts, so that's very memorable. That's why Trent Taylor got the job in 2021. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a pretty solid rate of muff punts. You obviously want to see zero, but he, he had a really good productive career as a co- college punt returner. So it's not like he's ever done it. I, th- I think he hits the ground running there. Yep. Totally agree. Up next, let's talk about the defense where there's plenty of competition, plenty of depth and uh, not many spots available. So we'll dive into that coming up next. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Where on the offensive side of the ball, the primary competitions are at the end of the wide receiver room, the end of the offensive line room, maybe the end of the running back room. On defense, there are conversations at every position, I think, where there are bubble guys to talk about. And let's start on the defensive line. This is going to be another one of those very heavy. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. In terms of number of players, roster spots for the Cincinnati Bengals, and how many edge guys can they keep? Because right now, there are six guys, seven guys, including Jeff Gunter, who they've invested to some degree in. And... I really wonder, you know, you look at last year, they kept 
five guys on the edge, five guys on the interior. And if they do that again, they don't have that depth on the interior this year to really push the guys that I'm going to have making it on the inside. But whether they keep an extra guy on the edge is going to depend on how comfortable they are with those guys kicking inside because of where the balance of defensive ends versus defensive interior players are. So for Terrell Basham, with the with the draft pick of, of Miles Murphy, things get pretty interesting there because I think Cam Sample has got to have a leg up there. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with you. I think just interior, let's knock them out. Reader, Hill, Tupo, Carter, Tufele. I think that's th- those are your five. Hubbard, Murphy, Hendrickson, Osai, lock, 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 lock. All right, so we're already at nine. Yep, you get one more. Right? And so I would give the edge to Sample. And so Sample, there's 10. Terrell Basham's on the outside. Jeff Gunter, Raymond Johnson, Owen Carney, all on the outside. Uh, You obviously have some of the interior guys, too, not making it. Dominic Davis, uh, noteworthy. Maxwell, noteworthy. The undrafted, um, undrafted free agent. So we'll see. But there's not much. There's not many much room. And uh, Terrell Basham came here to to help them win a, a title. And I, I think that that's part of it. Is you look at it, and they're going to have to to move on from one of these guys, or if they have any injuries, they're going to have a pretty solid player, solid veteran, uh, potentially sliding in. Uh, the other thing with uh, with Osai, just a monitor how healthy he is. I know he's going through rehab again, and I know everything's rosy when you're going through it. But will he be ready? That's certainly something to pay attention to in this room. But if he is, Basham could be on the outside looking in and is certainly competing with Sample, I would say. And, man, Sample played well last year, I thought. I thought he took a step. So we'll see. That that could be where and why Basham is on the team, is is the Osai rehab. If Osai needs to start the year on the Anything. unable to the, the pop list or whatever it is, then that's where – having Basham is, is such a luxury because you don't often make it through training camp entirely healthy. Obviously knock on wood. You hope that they, they get out of there as healthy as they can, but you, you tend to have some guys that are dealing with some injuries. And so having this depth, you know, on the offensive line where they have a lot of guys, even if you, you know, you want them to go sign Dalton Risner to really bolster their interior offensive line depth. And, and the floor on their interior offensive line. Same can be said on the defensive line here on the edge. So uh, that'll, that'll be interesting. That's one of the big battles to watch. And and then at corner, it's, a, it's another spot where they, they've added a draft pick, added two draft picks, in fact, to a spot where you felt pretty good about their depth before the draft. And then you add DJ Turner, you add DJ Ivy, Cheeto on track. By all accounts, and we'll mm-hmm. see. But by all accounts, he's on track to be ready for the start of the season. Cam Taylor, Britt, Mike Hilton, DJ Turner, those are your locks. I think Jalen Davis is nearly a lock, mm-hmm. unless they think DJ Turner is going to be the backup slot. So then, you know, say Davis has to compete. I think he does. It's Sidney Jones, Jalen Davis, DJ Ivy, Allen George, four guys for two spots. And then there's a couple other guys, you know, Marvell Tell, Chris Lamons, also on the team competing, but it's probably mostly those four guys for those two spots. It's tough. It's tough because you you look at it. I like Alan George. I think he's a good player. Sidney Jones, when they signed him, I was like, that's a great value signing. Get a guy like that. 
Um, who mentioned, by the way, that there was some interest on the Bengals' end when he cleared waivers last mm. year, but he had already committed going to the Raiders. So that part is interesting, too. It's not like they just randomly did that. They just didn't want that contract. That's why they didn't claim him. No one did in the league. But I think there was some interest there. But, yeah, I I think Davis makes it. I think, obviously, so you have Hilton and Davis in the slot. Mm-hmm. Taylor Britt, and then I'll leave Jones out for now. Awuzie Turner. I'm already at five. Mm-hmm. I think Jones makes it. Mm-hmm. And so if there's no injuries, like Alan George, I think he's a good player. I think uh, DJ Ivy, there's a reason that they they sign up or, or didn't let him get to undrafted free agency and, and use that seventh round pick on him. So it's going to be a battle here. And, and they do have depth. I mean, this is as deep as as they've been in a while. And you feel really good about it, I would say, because even if Cheeto isn't ready, and I guess that's the other question. Maybe he's not. Maybe they're like, eh. Let's give you four weeks. And so you, you have depth there where you can do that and you don't have to rush him back, which I, I do think I, – I think he's going to be ready. But if he's not, you don't have to rush him. If he's at 88%, you don't have to say, all right, let's start the season. Obviously don't rush him, but you really hope he's ready. No you doubt. Want, I mean, he's the best of the room. Start. He's the best of the room for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and you hope for Taylor Britt and Turner to, to hit that point in, in the near future so they, they get to Cheeto's level. But – I have so much respect for Cheeto's game at corner. I think he's fantastic. Linebacker James, I think, is pretty cut and dry. I only have them keeping five here. I don't see how they can keep six, given the other positions we're talking about. And that is exactly the guys we've talked about at the position in the past. Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, Akeem Davis-Gaither, Marcus Bailey, and Joe Bacci. And Clay Johnston, not on the team anymore, actually led the Bengals in special teams snaps last year. But... If they were keeping six, then Keandre Jones, and these guys will compete. Marcus Bailey, Joe Bocci, Keandre Jones, Shaka Hayward, Jalen Moody. These guys will compete for some of those fringe spots, but I think those five guys are pretty well set. Yep. Pratt, Wilson, Bocci, Davis Gaither, Bailey. That's yep. it. You're right. And may, maybe someone emerges, maybe something happens, but those feel like the five. And I feel like they have a good linebacker unit. It, it's wild just doing this exercise. You're like, man, this is a good team. There, there are not many areas where I point to and say, I'm really, really worried right there. They might have some questions. They're, they're not perfect, but man, are they deep at a, a lot of the key areas that you need to be deep at. And we've seen it. Attrition happens, injuries happen. And uh, I think this team is as deep as they've been during this three-year run. Last position to talk about, and, and then we can talk about some of those question marks if we have time, but last position is safety. And I Again, the way that I've got 10 guys on the defensive line, 10 guys on the offensive line, four running backs, six receivers, because I have Evans sneaking on instead of Yossi Vashin. And the more we talked about it, the more I kind of want to change that and, and take Evans off, put Yossi Vash on, take an offensive lineman out to keep Yossi Vash, just because I think they're, they're going to see that athleticism want to keep him. But back at safety, I got four guys, and that means oh. I, I can't find a spot for Mike Thomas. <sighs> Yeah, I, it's tough. He's such a leader in that locker room, but you look at it, Scott, Hill, Battle, lock, lock, lock. Mm-hmm. Anderson, you feel pretty good about him. There's a reason that they traded up for him and, and kept him on the roster last year, even though he was nicked up and, and all of those things. Thomas, Brandon Wilson, by the way, I don't know why people, he's still listed on some depth charts. He's not on the roster. Um, no one really else. Yusuf Corker and Larry Brooks, I don't think either one of those guys is in the running, so... 
yeah, Thomas, it's a matter of do you keep five health, all of those things. But uh, yeah, this could be uh, that could be one. But he is valuable on special teams. That matters. And so one of those question marks, can they make it work roster gymnastics wise? And uh, this this part of it, I think, with a guy like Mike Thomas is so dependent on health, who can start the season on time, all of those things. And, and, And it's not just the safety room as a team. Because depending yeah. on, on who gets nicked up, someone in the running back room could n- get nicked up. And then Thomas becomes that much more valuable on special teams. Or uh, a corner gets nicked up, and now Thomas is more valuable on special teams. So we'll see what happens there. But I agree with you. I think that, that uh, the back end of that safety room is quite interesting. Tyson Anderson and Jordan Battle should be playing special teams unless Jordan Battle is like a full-on starter really early and, and if yeah. he is, then Nick Scott is playing special teams. Dax Hill played a lot of special teams last year, this year. I mean, Tyson Anderson was largely not only drafted, obviously, but he played a ton of special teams in college. So that's that's where I get to 53, James. Four safeties. Maybe I'm heavy on the offensive line. The more we talk about it, I've said it a few times, the more I, I talk myself into nine guys there. But it's also one of the question marks on the team, right? Like you mm-hmm. talk about them not really having many questions, interior defensive line, pass rushing depth, and interior offensive line depth are the two spots where it's like, mm, they, they could get a little bit better there. Tight end depth for, for receiving tight end after, after Smith, after Irv Smith. That's where they could get a little bit better. But outside of those questions, maybe we should have done this before we did the schedule game, James. Maybe you would have... I mean, I, you're, you're not going to change your convictions. Maybe you would have felt better about the team in that four and three start you had them off to. 13 and four. See, you could say four, thir- four and three all you want. 13 and four. <laughs> I'm it's, done with slow starts, James. This is where I had them. They didn't start slow in 21. People think they did. They started five and two. And I, have them starting, I have them starting four and one, by the way. Well, then, then they're they losing two five games. and four. Right? Yeah, Where's because it? they lost two games. I get it. They were inconsistent, but they didn't start slow. Yeah, but let's not do slow starts or inconsistent stuff anymore. How about you just do 17 and 0 and Jake will woo every week? Let's go. Well, every week. Nope. Vetoed. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. The Bengals have. It's a new year. Jake Lisko still lame. I mean, that's rude. But uh, James will be with you to cover the Bengals. Open practice, practice yeah. this week. Then we've got Mike Santagata joining James to talk about some of the Bengals rookies, some of the film takeaways as Mike has grinded the tape on all those guys. That's coming your way later this week on Lockdown Bengals. Until next time, who day and have a good one.